Hi, and welcome to the Sheep Show podcast dedicated to all things ovine. Thank you for joining me. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. This is your podcast to learn more, know more and achieve more when it comes to shepherding. Come with me as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. In this episode of the Sheep Show podcast, we're going to talk about selling sheep. And a good place to start is to actually look at, well, what sort of a industry do we actually have? What's the sort of size of the sheep industry? And we're particularly looking here at Australia. And I'll, I'll pop a link to the reference for these statistics in the show notes so you can have a look and, and find out more about uh, some of these industry statistics. This is actually just released recently from Meat and Livestock Australia. And these just help, I suppose, put it in perspective in terms of the size of the industry, the impact of the industry. And of course, then we'll explore where you sit in the industry and what your route to market is as well. Last year, 2019, our sheep numbers in Australia were at 65.8 million head of sheep. And the industry was worth $7.2 billion. That's actually up 24% on the previous 12 months, the 2018 figures. So this is a pretty big industry. In fact, it actually employs... Nearly 200,000 people, so 189,000 people. This includes on-farm production, processing, and retail. So again, huge, huge industry. Uh, In terms of our uh, farms, 17,700 farms producing lambs. When they averaged that out, that was at least 200 lambs for slaughter. So that's the sort of size there. And in terms of our breeding ewes, one year and older, again, this was last year's statistics, 37.8 million head of breeding ewes. So you can see there with the 65.8 million, about, oh, just just under half or just over half are breeding ewes. So uh, pretty, pretty big um, industry there. When we talk about selling a sheep, we're, we're obviously talking here about live sheep and red meat, effectively, lamb and mutton uh, in particular. It's really interesting to sort of look at how much is actually produced in Australia and where does that actually go and how much we consume as well. In 2019, we produced um, 503,148 tonnes of carcass weight of lamb. And 228, 135 tons carcass weight of mutton. So 228,000 tons of mutton. Of our uh, sheep meat produced uh, in 2009, a significant portion of that actually is exported. So particularly our the export um, of mutton is uh, is really quite quite astonishing. When we actually boil it, uh, boil it down. We are one of the largest consumers of red meat in sheep meat, I should say, in the world, consuming about six point eight kilos of sheep meat per person. I don't know about you, but I eat and way more than that per year of sheep meat per person. I think I could eat that during a week sometimes of uh, of lamb. Well, you know how uh, how good. 
Uh, you might have heard me talk about how good our lamb tastes and uh, the consumer preferences and the interest ex- from, from uh, overseas is increasing all the time. And this has resulted in um, almost all of our mutton being exported. We're talking about domestic, um, $2 billion we spend on lamb and $50 million on mutton as domestic expenditure. Uh, export, as I said, huge. You'll see some of the industry statistics there. Uh, Australia's, we, we are the top three sheep meat export destinations. So again, quite big in the, the world's largest exporter of sheep meat in the world. And we account, Australia accounts for 7% of the global sheep meat production. Where is our, particularly our export mutton going? China. A bit to the US, a bit to Malaysia and Singapore and Saudi Arabia. But China is by far the uh, the top um, country that we are exporting uh, our, our sheep meat to. And no surprise... We, Australia is the top, in the top five sheep meat producing countries and, and in the lead there in, in producing sheep meat. So particularly significant industry statistics. So that really gets us thinking, well, if there is such a big industry, how do we sell all these sheep and what are our, I suppose, routes to, to market? And hopefully this will help you start to think about, well, what what is your route to market and is this something you need to perhaps explore or um, uh, just expand, I suppose, your own route to market and, and opportunities that might be there for you. So let's, uh, as I said, let's look at the, the two main routes to market. So obviously we've got live sheep and then we have selling into the meat market. So selling into the red meat market in particular. So if we look at that, Things to think about here would be opportunities and and route to market. So we can sell sheep either, and this can be straight into the meat market, for example, through a fixed price contract. So a lot of our weathers or all of the weathers that are produced would be sold into the, the meat market. And a fixed price contract is something that a lot of farmers, particularly where it's high volume, they would sell, and often they would sell at weaning, just sell their carcasses as a um, a hot carcass way, or actually a live carcass way, I should say, straight to uh, the processors. Um, and this is often done through agents or through contracts. And I know, you know, some prices, prices over the last couple of years for those fixed price contracts have been somewhere between sort of six and at the very top eight um, dollars, Australian dollars per kilo, just to put it in perspective. So those, uh, those sorts of prices. And that's a, that's a good way of, of particularly if you have vibe, high volume organizing that contract. Pros and cons, of course. You sell it all in one go, but you're at the mercy here of those agents and, uh, and those pr- processors as well. So from that point of view, not quite as sure in terms of the value and the return that you actually get from from your sheep. Um, You can sell direct to the consumer. So again, your meat direct to the consumer. So you might have heard Katie Lindorf talking about her paddock to plate market. We sell via paddock to plate as well. So all our weathers and indeed all our mutton goes direct to to the consumer. We have... um, 
a series of avenues that we sell through. We sell on the farm. So people come to our farm and purchase meat directly from us. We sell through a little bit through social media. We sell through existing customers that we've built up over our last couple of years. And we also use, and I actually think this is a really good strategy, um, ironically, email. So using a, a MailChimp distribution list. So p- picking up and, and adding people to our distribution list in a legitimate way and then using MailChimp. And I know Katie talked a bit about using MailChimp as well or, or some sort of an email marketing tool. You might think, isn't that so sort of old fashioned? Ironically, that is where it's at, that sort of constant reminder to our customers of uh, of the product that, that we actually have. Social media used to be a very good avenue, but they have they've prevented that or stopped that sort of opportunity for us, unfortunately. So um, selling on platforms like Facebook, for example, is really quite difficult now. Selling it, it, it live meat or um, processed meat or, or meat packs and, uh, and cut and pack meat is, is really quite, quite difficult. If uh, I suppose for, for me, it, the, the, you do get an awful lot more for your return. So we, we will get um, t- between $12.50 and $15 uh, a kilo for our sheep meat. $15 I charge when it is, say, half a whole lamb or when our customers want to buy just individual cuts from the farm. It's $15 a kilo. So again, you can sort of see the difference. Obviously, we have some on, co- on charges and costs that we wouldn't have if we were selling, but $6 compared to $15, that's quite significant. So you can sort of see that. In fact, someone just, I was talking to someone this week who wanted to buy some sheep for his olive grove. He didn't really mind if they were breeding stock or if they were past breeding. And I, I sort of said to him, yeah, I, I, you know, I guess you can, you can look, but for me, I've just sent some mutton off to the abattoir. They're coming back and these are sheep that have just weaned lambs. They're straight off their lambs, but for me, they're not animals I want to keep in my production system. They're averaging 30 kilos of hot carcass weight. So I'm able to sell them at up to $15 a kilo. So it's not viable for that particular person to pay that amount for a a non-production animal. And I don't even know if I want to sell animals um, that that perhaps really are are passive and really should be um, turned into sausages or whatever it might be. It's, you know, their retirement is, is, um, is on the cards for them and uh, they're really not, not going to to be worth it to continue them as as breeders. So it's really challenging, I suppose, to sort of look at that. That's different to, I suppose, another option. And if we just sort of flip here to selling live sheep, which is selling what we call cast for age ewes. Now, these are ewes that have, I suppose, your, your system has expired them. They're still viable breeding ewes. In fact, a lot of them would be very good quality stud ewes or ewes that have been very good producers for sometimes, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years sometimes. And these ewes have um, things to think about here would be checking, really checking their teats. Older ewes, you often will have that sort of issues with their teats or their teeth, if that makes sense. So checking their udders and checking their mouths. 
particularly important when you're buying cast for age use. If they're a bit skinny, often you can you can work with that by just making sure that they're have got good quality nutrition and you get them up to to weight so that they can join again next year. But they've obviously proven that they are good breeders. So you can generally be be confident that they will be able to produce lambs for you as well. Great way if you're starting out. If you're starting out and you're finding it really difficult to, to buy sheep, then cast for age use is a fabulous option. We, we did it and it was really the best way for us to increase our ewe flock in a very, very quick way. And particularly with some breeds that are really hard to get then that's a good a good avenue. It's interesting to sort of see how do people sell cast for age use because you're not going to find a lot of them in sale yards. And we'll talk a little bit about sale yards. Or if you do, again, those processors are going to be wanting to buy them. It's all about relationships. So selling sheep for me is very much about relationships and establishing them, putting the effort into marketing your product, whatever your product actually might be, whether it's your carcasses or whether it's your live sheep. And this is where you effectively get paid for those marketing efforts in your cost. So your sales funnel is very much fed, I suppose, and the return, the revenue they get is very much fed from the marketing efforts that you put into that. You might have seen in the last ram selling season, you know, some some really top prices for rams, you know, $27,000, for example, I think a, um, a, a ram went for, I think there was a Border Leicester ram. And, and why do rams and animals in particular, why do they command such a, a good price or a really high price and really it comes down to the more data you have on that animal and of course the better quality the animal is but we're really talking about objective measurements here then the more value that animal actually represents so having lots of data on uh, on the animal and I mean, even if you're selling an animal through social media, and I know I saw a lot of social media ads over the last couple of months, you really need to know what age your animal is. You need to inspect their their teeth and their udder. I went to one chap's um, property and had a look at his sheep, and one of the ewes had her teeth were so worn down. She must have been 15 years old, and the person thought that she was five years old. You know, I mean, it's you really need to know how old your animals are and, and be quite honest about that as well. Um, that's not to say someone doesn't want them. It's just about you really understanding that particular animal is probably worth retiring or, or uh, moving on in, in some other ways. But knowing that if you want to command those prices, you really need to think about the more information you have, the better you will be able to actually command a price. Now we're talking here about, again, um, breed type, pedigree, weight, muscle scanning, fat score, carcass qualities, eating quality data, pedigree. We might be talking about um, age. You know, these are ages really, really basic. But the more carcass information you actually have, the better and the more able you're going to be able to, to sort of um, be able to communicate that. And even if you're selling live sheep, talk about the health status. 
you know, when were the, when was these lambs or this sheep vaccinated? Um, you know, you, you need to, to talk about the um, the the location. Where where do they? Where are you actually based? Some really really basic things as well. What about sire history? Um, what about when uh, when the the um, when the last lamb was another instance I've had this year is picked up a few extra ewes from uh, another uh, small producer and I thought okay they're a bit small that's okay I'll be able to fatten them up I've got some grass and two weeks later out pops a lamb <laughs> so get a bonus lamb completely out of season not obviously ideal. But these are some of the challenges that you actually have. And again, you kind of think, what, what, what information did that producer have or didn't have that would have really helped um, and just communicate? I should have asked, have these ewes been running with a ram? That's definitely a question I should have asked. But I, I was thinking, there's no way. They're way too small to be running with the, with the ram. That was the only one that actually produced a lamb and... I suppose the other side of it is she's proven herself. She's a brilliant mother and a lovely little sappy lamb, despite him being out of uh, out of season. And, and of course, all I need to do is keep the condition on her. So when I wean her, hopefully, and wean that lamb, she'll be able to get back into condition, dry up, and I'll be able to join her again. But it's going to be a, a, a bit of a tight race, and I'm probably going to have to wean early. So it represents a, a challenge there as well. Other opportunities to sell would be having, and we saw lots of these recently, on-farm auctions. And with an on-farm auction, again, you're going to need some sort of a, a sales funnel here, so some form of an agent as well. You'll sell on a generally on a per head basis or per pen basis. This might be two or three to a pen, for example. And you do get uh, generally command a, a much higher price, but your cost of selling is going to be high as well. So you might get a cents per kilo, you might get um, a live weight, uh, or you might get uh, a, a, a sort of a fixed price for, or an auction price, for example. So lots of bidders, and of course your price is going to go up. And again, the more data you have on that particular animal. If you're thinking of an on-farm auction, I would suggest you developing a a brochure basically, which would contain all the data of those particular sheep. So again, you've got to think about this. If you're going to go to those sort of extremes and lengths, you really need to put a catalog together with all of that data so that you can market that well in advance. One producer I talked to was telling me about how they develop their brochure and they then post that brochure out to their database so that even if those people don't come along to the auction, they can still see for next year where that particular stud is taking their stud and what they're producing. So they, and often these people will keep those brochures year after year and go back and compare. They do this really well in the cattle industry. So again, you, you know, you wouldn't dream of buying a, uh, a bull, for example, without having all this data on the on the bull. And this is where you can check out things like the lamb plan data so you can see what they show. There's other forms of data as well. So for example, with lamb plan, they don't scan. If you remember listening to the podcast that Jeff Davey did with lamb plan, they don't scan the 
depth and the width of the eye muscle. So they use lots of other data collection, but not about eye muscle. And for us or for me in particular, I really do like that, particularly from a hereditary point of view. But an on-farm auction is definitely a, a way to sell. But again, you'll see how important relationships are. You'll see here how important that um, ongoing connection with your market and, and again, you're getting paid a lot for the efforts you put into that marketing um, initiative. Yes, you can still sell online through things like Auctions Plus. And um, of course, you can still sneak things in through Facebook. Not so easy, though. So again, I would be suggesting marketing your page uh, and then through your followers, you'll be able to sort of put in some evidence and some information about if you have stock for sale. Personally, from my point of view, I do feel that advertising animals, when you have them for sale, is the lowest common denominator. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, let's say you know, I have a round for sale. I'm going to put it out there that I have a round to sale. Big mistake. You are now at the hands of the buyer. What you want to do is to create a strong enough funnel so that the buyers come to you and then you have more control over the price. So it's a seller's market, not a buyer's market. You have enough funnel, enough volume, enough demand that you've created that you actually don't need to ever advertise an animal for sale. Hopefully that makes sense in, in terms of that sort of strategy. I'm not suggesting it's something you can do overnight, but it's definitely something you can do. You just need to think about how, what is going to be your route to, to market. Um, and, and for us, you know, we, we were marketing way before we had stuff to sell. So you think about that. That's exactly what marketing does. Marketing is very different to selling. Marketing is about you communicating your value proposition. Selling is when you actually close, when you actually do the transaction. Marketing is everything leading up to that transaction. Even things like advertising. Advertising works not in a way I advertise, I sell, but advertising works in the more you can actually advertise and get your message out, the more exposure you can get to the same reader, the same buyer, the more consistent that is, the more you will be top of mind when they are ready to buy. And again, the more you are creating your funnel. It's a sort of a reactive though, rather than a proactive. The, the, the male list, the male chimp is much more proactive in a, in a strategy. When I went to buy some sheep recently, they told me a story about what happened last year when they took there and they have Wilshire horns too when they took their Wilshire horns to the sale yards and they were selling pretty good animals I bought some of their animals so and these weren't stud animals these were commercial animals but they told me about going to the sale yards and just getting rock bottom prices so for me the sale yards again is about you know worst case scenario I would prefer to turn something into sausages and eat the animal myself than actually go to the sale yards and get 20, 30 or $50 for that particular animal. It's, it's not a very good value proposition for you. It's not about 
making the most of what you actually have and you're really missing out. You're really missing out. You really should be. For me, anyway, it's most it's so important to be able to eat your animals and, and be comfortable eating them and enjoy eating them because you've put in the effort and I'd much prefer to do that rather than someone else eat them because that's if you're selling it for $30 at the sale yards, that's where it's going. It might be dog food, but you know what? Sausages uh, are just another another option and and of course people really appreciate them an awful lot better sausages made out of mutton than there are when you look at some of the the sort of the cheap cheaper sausages that are um, in the supermarkets and there no comparison in terms of uh, in terms of taste if we're now looking at selling live sheep through this sort of funnel approach that I've been talking about here, where you build up your market effectively, then what you need to really do is follow up. So for me, I use a strategy to stay in touch with my customers. And that strategy is I will go and mark your lambs for you. I will go and vaccinate your ewes for you. I will go and do your feet, your sheep feet for you if you want. And this gives me an excuse to stay in touch with those particular customers. Now, not all customers need that or want that, but either way, I will do my best to follow up with those customers and just sort of see how they're tracking. And, you know, because you're thinking this particular customer might want to build their flock down the track. They might want to buy meat potentially down the track. They might want to buy a ram down the track. And again, every single customer is a customer today, but also a customer tomorrow. So how can you use and find opportunities to have touch points with that particular customer and follow up with them? And for me, that's following up is happens, you know, within a week or two, how are your animals settling in? You know, what, what are you feeling? How you how you how you liking that particular animal? How's it growing out for you? So really trying to stay in touch as much as you possibly can uh, as well. I suppose the other opportunity here for us, particularly in a stud environment, is selling rams. And I do say that in a stud environment because the the ram has such a significant influence on your flock. Um one of the one of the people I went to see recently, um probably wasn't aware that the fact they didn't know me so they didn't know that I have sheep or you know I'm involved with sheep as much as I am and they started to tell me how these particular sheep were you know much more slow growing than other sheep and you know really made me think that what they're doing is they're not investing in their rams so yeah, okay, I went ahead and bought the ewes, but I was thinking that these ewes could, they're, they're still good value for me if I wanted to turn them into to weathers. And I'll see how they look in a year and see what sort of value I'm getting from them in terms of their production value. But it did make me think that they're not investing in the genetics. And that's sometimes the challenge that we have in, uh, I suppose, that the smaller producers, that they're not really thinking about getting better growth rate. And we will explore this on another podcast around how can you get good growth rate from your animals and do that in a consistent way. So effectively, they're production animals. You really need to be thinking about that. So if you're going to sell rams, you're most likely looking at it from a stud point of view. And again, you need to be thinking about 
the value you can offer your customers. So what data, what information, what um, what uh, statistics do you actually have on that particular animal? So uh, temperament, disposition, you know, think about all the things we talked about when we're talking about culling sheep in the last podcast. You got to think about the opposite here. All the reasons for you to keep a ram and keep it a, an animal entire are the reasons that you really need to be thinking of selling a ram as well. <clears throat> Health status, what they're vaccinated for, all of the history, the pedigree, the growth rates, the birth rates, the twinning, even the rams. It's not so much about twinning, but it's good still to be able to say, you know, this, this ram is a twin, this ram is a triplet, whatever it might be. And again, you can sell with, uh, you can sell with confidence. In your breed, there might be, of course, quality on wool. That might be, for us, it's quality on, on shedding ability. It might be hardiness on feet. It might be those Lincoln University data sets you can get around foot rot tolerance and resistance, uh, around cold tolerance and resistance, those sorts of things. And there's tons more research and blood tests you can do on on your rams. And I would highly recommend if you are going to be selling rams that you have that. You actually get that data. You get that those blood tests done. It's very easy to do. And of course, your in Australia anyway, your ovine brucellosis accreditation. So again, you're going to be selling with confidence when when you do connect with your customers and you do think about selling those uh, selling those animals. So hopefully that's given you a few little things to think about. It's selling is not something that you decide that you're going to sell a ram or you're going to sell a sheep this week. From my point of view, anyway, this is just my approach to it. For me, it is a long-term strategy. You're marketing now to sell in three to five years time. You're gathering data now to be able to add value to your flock and your sales funnel in three to five years time. You're really thinking about making sure that you're gathering information, you're gathering carcass feedback, you're really aware of what your customers want and what you've got to offer and trying to match those particular things to your customer needs as well. So again, you can sell with that, you can sell with confidence. And you're thinking, oh, well, what's the best sales approach for me? If I have high volume and I wanna make it nice and easy and quick and clean, I might sell direct to the producer. Yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. You know, then you're saving that marketing effort and perhaps investing that marketing effort somewhere else. If you want to sell based on eating qualities like we do, for example, you want to think, well, I want to sell every single thing I can direct to that consumer. Because for me, that is, that's the, the real holy grail for me. I want to get good growth rate and I want to make sure I maximize on the eating quality. Never going to sort of compromise on, on those things uh, at all. Thinking about, you know, is the on-farm auction uh, a good opportunity for, for you? Maybe, maybe it is the sale yards, but again, as long as you know what you're in for when you, um, when you look at those and when you, you sort of in investigate or explore that. Maybe it's through an agent. Maybe you have got a good relationship with an agent. I know we have a great agent that we use for cattle. And when, you know, when we talked about our sheep to him, he was very aware of the fact that we have our own route to market. And 
that was fine, you know. And some agents will still contact us because they have customers who are interested in our breed, and that's fine too. We're very happy to sort of engage agents in in that way. And again, we're not at the mercy of uh, of those. We're really, I suppose, creating our own market, building our own market. How how I do it anyway is about word of mouth, presence, positioning and events so shows farm days um even just i suppose being or projecting a a professional image and whether that's professional image with a website with social media with branding with um merchandise with our uniforms all those little one percenters if you like i've even invested in lovely stickers for my meat and and they go on particularly um, new customers, I'll, I'll, I'll put the stickers on them. They're expensive, don't get me wrong. These are stickers that will go on meat and then go into the freezer and will stay on the meat. So they're top quality sort of stickers, but they do add a huge view and a huge perspective of, of, of sort of quality and branding. And of course, you think about that, that customer, every time they open their freezer, for us anyway, all they see is Holston Valley Farm. <laughs> That's what they see in their freezer. And they know where that meat has come from. If they take it out and put it onto their kitchen bench, they can see that that brand is there in their face effectively all the time. We also find that our customers sell for us. Can you think about that? They cook for their friends and they cook lamb for a dinner party. They're talking about where they got the lamb from. They're sharing it on social media. I even had a local chef buy some lamb from us and she did a live cooking demonstration using our meat I mean that's just gold that's just gold and and again you know had a little hashtag for us on uh, on her feed and that's the sort of thing that I really sort of getting us to think about if if we really want to get best return for our efforts Put some effort into marketing, branding, presence, advertising, building relationships with customers, building that funnel. And what you'll find is that you're going to effectively, as you can see, you're going to double your price. That's not ripping off customers. Our customers still get their meat at $12.50 to $15 a kilo. In the supermarket, it's $30 to $45 a kilo, depending on the cut of meat. So the customers and consumers are still benefiting, but we are just cutting out the middleman effectively, just trying to go direct uh, and be able to to offer that as a value. And that for me, whether it's live animals or the meat, trying to do that as much as I can. So have a think. What is your route to market? What is your sales strategy? What sort of time frame are you working towards Where are you going with your animals and with your breeding? You do need to have an avenue for either your culls, as we talked about last week, or indeed for your quality sheep, your stud sheep, your rams potentially, or even quality commercials that, for example, for you, you are wanting to think about moving them on because, you know, you obviously will reach a capacity, particularly sheep, they breed so quickly, you'll reach a capacity on your property and you really need to think about having those avenues. So good luck developing your sales strategy and your marketing strategy for selling your sheep 
whatever way works for you. You've been listening to the Sheep Show podcast with Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast on your preferred podcast app. Each rating and review helps us fulfill our goals of helping you learn more, know more and achieve more when it comes to all things ovine. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, sheep well.